Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What up? Episode 24. Phoenix is trash. Ben Simmons may be the truth, and why Joe Ingles is my favorite player in the NBA right now. All that and so much more on episode number 24, the Mamba episode of Got Him Coach. You're listening to Got Him Coach, the show that brings sneakerheads and ballplayers together. Now, here's your host, with over 200 pairs of sneakers, Tyrone Smith. What up, what up, y'all? Y'all know who it is. Man, feeling good right now. Feeling happy, sentimental, fundamental, oriental. Say what? Noodles. Say what? Fried rice. Say what? Green beans. Say what? Chicken. Gizzards. Say what? Pork chops with gravy. Say what? Buttermilk biscuits with extra butter. Say what? <laughs> no, I'm just messing with y'all, man. But y'all already know what it is, man. I'm in the building. Um, I've been slack. I'm I'm slacking low key. I ain't even gonna lie. I'm I'm slacking like all slacks of what slackosity is. But uh, don't 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 blame me. It's not my fault. It seemed like I get better reception or or better um, anticipation if I don't do nothing every week and instead just drop one one every two to three weeks. That's what it seemed like. I'm I'm not gonna continue to do it, but right now it seemed like that that's where a lot of the momentum is coming. And you know you you got you got to you got to ride the wave of where, where the momentum is. So that's kind of what I've been doing, man. But Y'all already know what it is, man. Episode number 24 of the show. Hmm. I ain't got nothing today. It's just episode number 24. Let's just ride with that. Got him, coach. <clears throat> yes, yes, yes. And I am your host, Tyrone Smith, a.k.a. Wrong to Exclusive, a.k.a. Mr. Hustle Bandit, a.k.a. Mr. Sneaker Bandit. Daytona 360 alive and in the flesh. Y'all already know what I come to do, man. I come to give y'all that Dylan Dillinger hot fire, that H 
Y'all already know how it go. So check this out, man. Um, I want to give a big thank you to everybody out there who, who listens to me ramble on and on about things. <laughs> I want to give a big thank you to y'all because of y'all. Y'all have allowed me to receive compensation from this show. Yes, I got paid for the first time. As you know, the show is on multiple different platforms and I'm in kind of different programs where based on the listens, I'll be able to get a little something, something, you know, for compensation. Um, so I got my first little compensation and I want to thank you guys. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a lot. I want y'all to think I, I got a, I got a band from y'all because I ain't get a band. Um I got two dollars <laughs> twenty-five cent. I mean, you know, for for what for what my show is. I mean, you don't get a. It's not a lot. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not tripping on that. You know that that. You know the, the the listens and the views and all that other good stuff that comes with time. So you can't really be too mad at that. But uh, I got two dollars and twenty-five cent, and I want to thank y'all because y'all allowed me to purchase some sour patches. Um, some fruit roll-ups and a couple bags of 35 cent hot Cheetos and if it wasn't for you I wouldn't have been able to do none of this so I thank you I thank you for quenching my sweet tooth and my my craving for hot for hot food at that particular time y'all the real MVP and I appreciate all of you who's done this for me <laughs> Hey man, but uh, we ain't about to do too much talking, man. Uh, ain't about to do too much talking. We just about to get straight into the episode, man. Got him, coach. Episode number twenty-four. Let's get it. Sit back and relax. Time to have some knowledge dropped on you. All right. So as y'all know, man, is the first week of the NBA season is wrapping up. As I speak to you right now, a couple games going on. I'm not gonna really be able to give my. Uh, analysis on none of them because I didn't watch them so by the time the episode goes up I'll be uh, re I'll be watching the replays of them and I guess that'd be something that I'll be able to talk about uh, next week but it is something that I can talk about that happened tonight that I can bring into this episode this week and we got to talk about these injuries man because it's been um it's been interesting. It's been it's been a lot of different things going on in terms of injuries. First off, we gotta start with Gordon Hayward uh, dislocated his ankle and fractured his tibia. First game of the season, six minutes in. Um, I watched that game live and it, it, it was it was it was horrible looking. It was it was really bad, really bad looking injury. Um, initially, I thought it was a broken leg, but come to find out, it was actually a dislocated ankle. Dislocated ankle, fractured, broken leg. I mean, the dislocated ankle sounds better, um, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's he's obviously not going to be able to come back this year, and it's unfortunate, man, because um, looking at Boston's team, I have been high on them. I thought that they could um, contend for the number one spot in the East. I didn't theoretically know if they were going to be able to beat the Cavs in a series, but I felt that I always felt that 
maybe getting the number one seed was the best thing for them. Especially when you're a young team. When, when you're when you're veteran tested and you're playoff tested like Cleveland is with all the veterans that they have and all the playoff experience that they have within those veterans, being the number one seed and having home court advantage really doesn't it, it really isn't something that you will want or it's not something that you will you're, you're playing for. You know, at the end of the day, those guys more often than not they're gonna be playing to keep their guys healthy for the most part. And to when they get to the playoffs, they'll be at full strength. So for more so Cleveland, I don't think they were playing for a number one spot. But a young team like Boston, who, who may need that home court advantage. Um, I mean, they had it last year and they didn't do anything with it. But, you know, I think the, uh, the advantage of playing with home court advantage is so, so great. Especially when you're a young team and you don't really have playoff uh, tested guys on the team. One of the youngest teams in the NBA um, playing for that number one spot was critical. So, Gordon Hayward um, being injured and not being able to come back for the rest of the year is um, it was it, it was very it's very it was not only de- it's not devastating it's devastating to him. Obviously, he put all the work in in the summer. Um, he was the big free agent free agent acquisition. Um, I'm pretty sure he wanted to come in and show that he was a max player. He was a max type of player. And for him to be able to not be able to show that, at least not this year, I'm pretty sure that's something that you know really makes him feel bad. But for Boston, um, this injury, I think this injury really exposes them in terms of, um, in terms of death. Um, Boston really isn't as deep as I thought they would be. Like with, with Hayward, with Hayward, granted you're losing an all-star type of player, but um, with that loss, I would think I would I thought that their their death would have been so much greater than what it is, and it just seemed like it's not. Now Marcus Morris didn't play the first couple games of the season; um, he's hurt, and who else is missing? I believe I said that. I believe Marcus Morris is the only one really missing. Everybody, it, the team is just so young, man. It's so young now. Over the year, over the course of the season, maybe this team can kind of develop the chemistry to play together, and maybe they can be an exciting team. But when we look at this team right now, you got Kyrie and Horford, and you really don't really have. I mean, you got Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown really stepping his game up. He's really trying to show people that he was worth the high draft pick. He was worth that third pick last year. Um, Tatum is a very solid rookie, but this team right now, man, it's just it's, it's interesting to see how they go forward with this injury. Um, is that is they are they still a, a top three four seed? I don't even know if they're a top three four seed anymore. Um, maybe you maybe look at maybe six through eight. Maybe they could fit somewhere down there because that's that's a catastrophic injury, man. And I'm thinking in, in, in the league now, you need at least you need at least three capable guys who can give you at least who can give you contribution every night. And when you look at their Jalen Brown, I mean he's starting off hot now, but you know I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of inconsistent games. Tatum is still a rookie, so you gotta be you gotta be sure for every five good games he has, he's maybe gonna have six or seven bad games. Um, over the course of the year, I'm pretty sure that they're going to add somebody to the team um, to uh, to kind of help with the death 
and you know kind of fix out the lineup, kind of balance it out to where their their top five guys aren't playing so many minutes, and maybe the couple of the role players that's there aren't playing as heavy of minutes as they're playing. So I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see how um, how it plays out, but. Uh, that Gordon Hayward injury, man, that was something that was uh, very unexpected. And if you was watching it on TV and you seen it, you were very, very shocked. I was very, very shocked. I didn't know what to do in terms of, um, you know, it was just, it was just bad. It was just bad all around. But you know, Paul George, he came back from a broken leg, um, so I'm pretty sure Gordon Hayward, he has the work ethic to want to come back from this. His surgery was a success. Um, he's probably not going. He's not going to play this year, uh, even though there were experts that could that say maybe he could return at the end of the year, maybe going towards the playoffs if Boston make it to the playoffs. Um, we'll have to see, but I doubt about that happens. I'm pretty sure he's going to want to take the rest of the year, um, all of the off season to kind of recover from this and you know come back better next year to show people that you know it was just it was just that one time thing and. You know, it's not hamper or hinder his game. So, so prayers to Gordon Hayward, man. You know, I'm pretty sure he's a he's a fighter, man. So I'm pretty sure, you know, you know he's gonna get out there as soon as possible with that rehab and you know make it happen. Um, from Hayward to Jeremy Lin, Jeremy Lin ruptured his Achilles and he's out for the rest of the year. Now, this one. This one hurts for Brooklyn. Brooklyn is actually playing very decent basketball right now. Very decent basketball at the at the moment for Brooklyn. They're not. A lot of people expected them to be. Um, a lot of people expected them to be um, not really good, and I expected them not to be really good this year. But they're playing surprisingly good basketball. D'Angelo Russell is really kind of coming into his own and you know you got to give a big shout out to uh d'angelo now they lost tonight they lost 125 to 121 but the fact that brooklyn has pretty much been in every game that they played in so far is very very impressive now what happened in terms of brooklyn's starting lineup is exactly what i predicted um, in a previous episode with Jeremy Lin, no, not Jeremy Lin, D'Angelo Russell got traded to the um, to the Brooklyn Nets. I stated that Jeremy Lin was probably going to stay as the team's point guard because D'Angelo Russell, for the potential that he has to maybe be a very good point guard, he hasn't shown enough in terms of playmaking ability to make others better to cement his role as the starting point guard of the Nets and they're probably going to want to have him be more of a scorer um, take more of the shots and they're probably going to have him playing too and it, it played out just the way I expected too <laughs> and it's interesting because Brooklyn Brooklyn has so many so many wings before and this is just before the injury with Jeremy Lambert with Lynn Russell Crab, Carroll Levert. I mean, that's a lot of that's that's five that's five guys who could play in that 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 two spot, that one to two spot. And then you got did did Witty, Spencer did Witty, and then you got Kilpatrick. So I mean, it's just it's just so many players, you know, to kind of fill 
certain spots on the roster. Um, it was going to be interesting to see how it went. Now Jeremy Lin is hurt. DeAndre Russell is not facilitated as the starting point guard. Will this be the demise of Brooklyn? I don't think it is. I think Brooklyn, Brooklyn is going to be a team that's going to play really, really hard. And they're, they're going to look to get out and run. And they're going to score a lot of points. They're not going to be able to stop anybody. Orlando put up 125 on them. They're not going to be able to stop nobody. Um, Indiana put up 140. So, they're not going to be able to stop nobody. But, I think, you know, they'll be able to run. And they'll be able, they'll, they'll make it. They'll play enough defense to make a game interesting. Now, do I think that they're still going to be the worst team in the East? I don't know, because Chicago looking kind of trash right now. So, I'm going to have to... I don't know. I'm gonna have to see them two play head to head to 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 confirm who's gonna be the worst team in the East. But right now, Brooklyn is not looking like the worst team in the East. They they're looking like they're gonna compete every night, and they're looking like they're going to uh, they're gonna make games very very interesting, and they're gonna probably steal a couple games out here. So man, be on the lookout for Brooklyn. Um, I would think that they would want to do good this year. Mainly because they don't have their first round pick. Cleveland has their first round pick. And if Brooklyn does anything garbage <laughs> where their pick is could be a top two or three pick, that's probably gonna make them sick. Because they didn't have they, they didn't have their top pick last year. And their top pick last year turned out to be something that they could have really used. So um they out there playing, man. So shout out to Brooklyn, but for Jeremy Lane, you just gotta wonder. What does this do in terms of, um, you know, with his his future with Brooklyn, his future in the NBA going forward? Um, Ruptured Achilles, it, I wouldn't say it's something that's going to catastrophically just make him not be an effective player. It's something that you have to work very, very hard from. Um, you might see a little, a little change. I wouldn't even, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think because Jeremy Lin didn't have like this up and, you know, explosive game where he was jumping over everybody and things of that nature. So it might not change his game in terms of the way the style of game that he plays. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how that how that uh, turns out. Um, You know, after this year, he has uh, another year, I believe, on the contract. So. It's going to be, you know, intriguing to see how that year is going to play out for him and if he's able to get another contract. Um, so, we'll see. But uh, it's unfortunate for Jeremy Lin to have to suffer an injury like this to not be able to play for the rest of the year. Another injury that happened within the opening week of the season is Chris Paul. Chris Paul um out four weeks or week to week as they want to say with a lower leg injury now interesting enough i don't think this affects houston in no way because when they played together when harden and paul was on the court and this is the game that i'm the warriors game that i'm going to refer to the first game of the year because he hasn't played since so that's the only game that i can really refer to at this moment but um with Harden on the floor, they were plus 14. By himself, they were plus 14. With Paul on the floor, they was even, zero. So it wasn't positive or negative. But with both of them on the floor, Harden and Paul, they were a minus 13. So this team, I don't, I think this team 
it I, I i had questions from the beginning when the trade happened you got two ball dominant players on in the same backcourt somebody's gonna have to take the second somebody's gonna have to you know sacrifice a little more for the common good of the team and it wasn't gonna be james harden because this offense was clearly built around Harden. Um, and you see he was able to take off and excel and do magnificent things on the court with it within D'Antoni's offense. So you it, it had to be Paul, but you didn't know how Paul was going to re- respond to having to be second fiddle on the on the court, not being able to really handle the ball and things of that nature, having to kind of stand in the corner, and be a spot up shooter. You, you just didn't know. Um, now. I'm not going to say that this is just going to be an absolute total fail. I think it, it still has potential to work. Um, I think for Houston, it would be good to have at least one of them on the court at all times when the other one is out um, to get rest. Um, but I think together, I just, I just don't, I don't like, it. I don't like the move together. I don't like them together playing together because I just, I, I just, I can't see one of them relinqu- relinquishing responsibilities to a lesser extent to you know you know because they've been focal points of, of offenses for so long now with the injury you got to see how this is going to play out for houston uh four weeks like i said this team is pretty pretty much the same they got a, a rid of a bunch of role players and patrick beverly who uh man <laughs> we'll talk about patrick Beverly a little later but um he uh they got a they got a they pretty much got the same team they had a little bit better uh, I like the PJ Tucker move that they uh, acquired um, so I just this I don't think this injury is really gonna hamper anything in terms of um, what Houston does going forward what's gonna hamper them now is when Chris Paul does come back you know what effect is that gonna have in terms of the team chemistry that's gonna be built over the next four weeks um is it going to be the same chemistry or is it going to be a situation where um it's like well we have to get him integrated into the offense is it going to be one of those situations so that's something that you really have to think about with uh, chris paul with chris paul's out for a little bit of time uh, bang knees of mario chalmers and got a bruise um that's really uh, affecting his play so he's going to be out with the week right now and this injury just happened this um, tonight. Like I said, I wasn't really going to be able to commentate on the games that happened um, tonight, mainly because I haven't watched any. But this uh, this is just breaking news according to NBA.com. Um, Anthony Davis left the game with a knee injury, and he will not return. Now, this is something that could be very 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 hurtful (laughs) very hurtful for new orleans um new orleans to begin with um kind of like with paul and and harton cousins and davis kind of plays the same game even though demarcus cousins is very underrated as a playmaker the ability for him to pass the ball and be able to get others involved so i think in terms of being a playmaker i think boogie is a little better a little better of a playmaker just as anthony davis is a way better defensive player than cousins so 
in some ways other than in more ways than others they kind of can complement each other's weaknesses to for the common good of the team now here's the problem with the Warriors. besides davis cousins and drew holiday it's not really much there um etuan moore he had a good game against the lakers uh, last night um jameer nelson who had literally just been signed hours before the game came in he gave them a nice little spark um Ian Clark, you know, he's a guy who can put the ball in the bucket. He has a very good three-point potential, but I think all of their wing players have potential to be good three-point shooters, but they haven't shown it yet. I mean, Ian Clark, like I said, he, he's, he's shown it in a couple games with Golden State, but you really don't know um, if he can be that, that guy that he was in Golden State who was constantly knocking down threes. And that's what you need. That's what this New Orleans team needed. They need guys who can knock down the three. And um, from the games that I've watched of them, I mean, they have some guys who can, who can, has potential to do it, but hasn't done it consistently enough. So going forward in the season, you have to be interested to see how that's going to work out. But if this injury to this, this Anthony Davis injury, if this anything serious, man, I already don't have New Orleans in the playoffs, mainly because they don't have enough shooters on the team and they got Tony Allen. <laughs> so I didn't have them in the in the playoffs, um, mainly like, mainly because of that. But if they lose Anthony Davis, you might as well just go ahead and chalk them up for for chalk them up for ping pong balls because they're not going anywhere. Now that apparently, according to NBA.com, they're saying that his knee appeared to have buckled. Um, he hasn't he hasn't returned. And he's not going to return. Um, he, he has he hasn't had he's having an MRI right now, um, and apparently he had tweaked his knee during pregame warmups um, of that game against Portland. So hopefully it's not nothing too serious for Anthony Davis. Maybe it's just something, maybe a little sprain. Um, hopefully it's not nothing of Jeremy Lin status where he ruptured something. Um, it remains to be seen though, but. Um, those those been interesting. Um, those been injuries that's happened over the over the course of the opening week, and um, with Draymond he got hurt. He uh, he sprained his knee, but um, he's back on the court now. But you can see how you can see how the Draymond injury affected that game against Houston because Houston was able to come back to the point where they were actually able to win. Um, so man. Um, Prayers out to all the players who was out there hurt, man. Hopefully you got you boys can come back and do y'all thing, man. Now, I told y'all I was gonna talk about Patrick Beverly. Um, <laughs> Lonzo Ball's debut game uh, wasn't that great. Matter of fact, it was three points, nine rebounds, and four assists. Not that great. Patrick Beverly like literally bullied. <laughs> he bullied uh, Lonzo Ball in this game. Like he just, he was, he was all in his grill. Like just Beverly, he's he's just he one of those guys, man. He's gonna he gonna get into the top point guards and he gonna let them know. Now Russell Westbrook then put up forty two on him, but yeah, we ain't gonna talk about that. Like, you know, it is what it is. They they lost the game anyway, so I mean it really don't count. But I mean Patrick Beverly, he's one of those guys, man. 
He's gonna get into you defensively. He's gonna make you work. He's gonna irritate your soul. He's gonna. He's just gonna do a whole bunch of things that you don't like. And it's not really nothing you can do about it because you know, I mean, you just can't do nothing about it except put up buckets. <laughs> and he's not. He's gonna hound you enough to where if you gonna put up buckets. You you gonna have to. You gonna have to work for it. You know what I'm saying? So. You got that factor. And then on top of the factor that LeVar Ball has pretty much put the biggest bullseye on Lonzo Ball's back. Um, every point guard is going to go at him viciously. And as you've seen, uh, Patrick Beverly, he went at him viciously and just... <laughs> he, 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 he took his spirit, man. He he uh, he sang he sang soon his spirit. Is that the dude from uh, Mortal Kombat? Sang soon, the one who could turn into all the characters. I think that's him. I think that's the name. I think that's that dude's name. He could turn into every character. You know, he take your soul. He got his soul in in, in him, and then you know when he can he can change and he can be whoever. He 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 sang soon the lines. I felt I felt bad for him, man. I felt bad for him, but. To Lonzo's credit, against another very good defensive point guard. Now, let's not get it confused. Like Eric Bledsoe is is no slouch defensively as a point guard. Um, he's a very very good defender. Now, is he a Patrick Beverly defensive status? No, but he is probably one of the top five defensive point guards in the league, and I can I say that with with the with the utmost confidence. Talk a little boom, boom, little, little bit more about Eric Blesso a little later, but for Eric Blesso, Lonzo put it put in work, man. 29, 11, and nine his last uh, the game in Phoenix. Now Phoenix wasn't playing no defense. I don't know what's wrong with Phoenix. They they're they're really making me feel bad. It making me look bad because I had so much faith. So much faith in Phoenix, man. I'm gonna talk about this later. I'm talking about Lonzo right now because we. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rant about Phoenix. They they making me feel some type of way right now. I feel some type of way. But um, Lonzo he had that great game and then he kind of he struggled. He almost had a triple double though in that game in New Orleans. Um, I can't remember the exact stat line. I think it was eight. I think he had eight, eight and thirteen, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was his stat line. Um, so Lonzo, for for what he doesn't do, his 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 game offensively, you can kind of see where his his he's struggling on his jump shot. But his ability to get everybody else involved within the offense is very very good. Um, very very good to see. Yes, eight eight and thirteen in thirty six minutes. Um, he's getting everybody involved. Um, Brook Lopez is looking like the best center in the league <laughs> right now. Kyle Kuzma's looking nice. LA has a not a lot of nice young talent. Um, I think it's just gonna, I think it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, Brandon Ingram isn't playing up to the role that I think everybody expected him to play up to. And you know, I think that's gonna be interesting to see in the offseason how that goes because it seems Brandon Brandon Ingram was untouchable according to Magic Johnson, but the three games that he's played in so far, he had a good game against Phoenix. But then, granted, everybody who played in that game had a good game. It was 132 to 130. Come on, now, like, <laughs> where's the defense? But um, he's not really playing up to the potential that everybody's making him out to have. Um, so, but Lonzo, man, I I, I, I kind of like what I see. I like what I see in terms of him 
when his shot isn't working, he's able to still go down in the paint, grab rebound, push the floor, pass the ball, get a, get guys open shots because of his ability to drive, drive the lane, collapse the defense, kick it out, and the guys are making shots to an extent. Um, they played a good game against New Orleans. They were down double digits. They fought back. They had the lead at one point. Was lit, was winning by five, but ended up choking it away as a young team will do. So, uh, Lonzo Ball, man, he he got uh, he got welcomed to the NBA very very swiftly by uh, by Patrick Beverly. Now it's gonna be interesting because Washington and the Lakers play next, and. Um, I have I know a guy who said that Lonzo is gonna put up 25 on John Wall. <laughs> Lonzo is gonna put up 25 on John Wall. Now John Wall is is one of them top five defenders, and I'm talking about in terms of two way. I don't know if that's gonna happen. For Lonzo to put up 25 points, he's gonna to have to probably take about 45 shots. So we're gonna see how that works. Uh, but yeah, Lonzo man out here, out here. Slowly but surely getting into the uh, getting to the the mix of the NBA, kind of seeing what it's about. Um, another rookie, Jason Tatum, fourteen to ten in his debut against Cleveland. Now, Jason Tatum initially, you could tell that he was uh, affected by the bright lights of the uh, NBA, but once he settled into that game, you can see where his potential is going to come in. He looks like the best uh, offensive player in terms of rookies in the NBA draft right now um that's that's just my opinion uh, he's really he's really looking like that right now um he had 22 four and two uh against New York today well yesterday because it's 12 30 <laughs> so he had 22 and four um he had 15 and eight against uh Philly so he's uh he's he's starting to slowly but surely come around into his game and, and and show people why he was the third pick in the draft um he he's gonna have to do that man he's gonna have to do that with the injuries that Boston has Gordon Hayward being out he's gonna have to really he's gonna have to give Kyrie um and apparently Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown is out here balling like like he uh balling like he Kobe. It's uh it's it's good to see, man. It's good to see because for a lot of last year, uh Jalen Brown looked a little timid and he put up 23 against New York tonight. Well last night. So um he looked a little timid, but uh it looked like slowly but surely like he's starting to come into his own. Um, and they're gonna have to. They're gonna they're gonna need they're gonna need guys to really come into their own for this Boston team to not have to fight for one of them six to eight playoff seeds. But Jason Tatum double double in his debut and right now he's doing very he's doing very well, man. He's doing very well. Averaging averaging at this point twelve points and nine rebounds. So that's very impressive for the young man. Um Let's talk about Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. was the ninth pick in the uh, NBA draft this year, and there was so there was so much talk about um, him and his attitude and things of that nature, this, that, and the third. Um, but Dennis Smith, he came in and he uh, he had a double double. He had a double double in his first game. Uh, twelve points, twelve points, ten assists, right? 12 points to the assist. Yeah, 12 points. 12 points to the assist in his uh his first game. Um, 
I think that's what my notes is telling me. If my notes is wrong, I'm gonna feel some type of way about my notes. <laughs> and, and they were wrong because it was 16 to 10. Who wrote these down for me, man? This is all that nobody do, no fact finding for me or nothing. But 16 to 10 in his first game, he didn't play in the last two, and then he put up 10. He put up 10 to 6 against Gold State uh, the other night on the 23rd. So um, Dennis Smith, I think Dennis Smith is he's really gonna be nice, man. I think it's. I would say he's gonna compliment Dirk Nowitzki, but Dirk Nowitzki is like in his 30th year in the league. He's gonna retire anytime soon right now, so he's not really gonna be able to compliment nobody. Dirk is old. He's not. He's not the same player. Well, of course, when you get when you get older, everything isn't the same as it was when you were younger. Giggity. But <laughs> um. <laughs> He's not the same player, so it's not like, oh, well, you know, the team is not still built around Dirk. I think Harrison Barnes is the face of that team. I mean, Dirk is still the face of that team, but, like, in terms of how Dallas is going to build their roster going forward, I think Harrison Barnes is the guy because that's the guy that you paid all the money to in the offseason to be that guy, to be the number one option. Now, once Dennis Smith gets a hold of the game, he's going to be the the the, the, the the guy, the main guy of the team, but right now he's just kind of playing second. He's playing second fiddle, um, but it's good for Dallas because you know Dallas been going point guard by committee for so long. You know, even on this team now, they still got a bunch of freaking point guards between Dennis Smith and Devin Harris and Yogi Ferrell and Seth Curry. You know, they just they got like so many point guards and so many undersized two guards. So. It's going to be interesting to see how they go forward uh, in terms of building that roster because it's just, it's imbalanced. It's imbalanced. Just like or I felt Orlando's team was imbalanced, but we're going to talk about Orlando a little later too because Orlando is looking very, very impressive right now. I ain't even go front. Orlando is looking kind of good. They get John Hammonds from Milwaukee, um, the, uh, the GM. And you know he he puts he puts moves on he puts players in positions he signs players and we look at it like why, but Orlando is looking kind of nice right now so yeah, <laughs> um, Markinon uh the the forward from Chicago uh, he has 17 and eight in his debut um against Toronto now he wasn't supposed to uh. <laughs> Apparently he wasn't supposed to play because um well let, let's let's just let's just break down what happened. Um apparently on Chicago, yes, yes, they're they're trash and, and they're they're not they're probably not gonna win a lot of games. But in the sense they still have to have you know, they still have players who are looking to make a name for themselves, who are looking to start and get starters minutes and be able to contribute to the team to prove other people, to prove other folks wrong in terms of, um, you know, saying that, oh, well, they don't have the players to compete in such and such conference or such and such division, this, that, and the third. So, at the four spot with Chicago, they had a very, they have a log jam at the four. You have Nicola. Nikola Miritich and you have Bobby Portis fighting for that starting point guard role. And whoever doesn't start, they were going to be relegated to the bench. And marketing was going to kind of be brought along slowly but surely. Going to get a little minutes here and there, but not something to where it's going to be very, very impressive, right? So, 
in the midst of all this fighting, you know, when you fighting with somebody, you know, <laughs> you trying to prove a point, you trying to get the coach's attention, you gonna give him a little extra harder pick, throw a little elbow to the chin, you know, just to try to show him that you know you need to be starting. But um, Bobby Porter took it a little further. I mean, instead of throwing his elbow, he kind of put the he kind of he put this fist together, kind of gave him a little click, click, clickety click across his face. Broke his, uh, gave him some facial injuries. In fact, the facial injuries were so bad that um, Meritich is out six to eight weeks. And Bobby Portis got suspended for eight games. <laughs> that's crazy. Now, that's that's literally fighting for a position. Right? They were really bucking. Well, Portis was really bucking for that position. Because he wasn't, I don't think he was going to start. I think Meritich was going to start. He was going to be the starting power forward. And Bobby Portis was going to come off the bench. But um, in comes Markinon. I think I said his last name right. Laurie Markinon or non? Markinon is Markinon. Forgive me. And in three games so far, of course they lost all three, and they just played tonight, and they lost, of course, to the, to the Cavaliers. Uh, we'll talk about the Cavaliers a little later. Jeez, we got to do a lot of talking, and we we already forty minutes in. Good grief! But um, his first game, seventeen and eight. Game against San Antonio, 13-12, and 12, and the game tonight, 19-8, averaging 15-10 and 10 in the season already. Now, if I'm Bobby Portis, I feel some type of way <laughs> because I'm knocking out Meritage, and I knock him off for six to eight weeks. I get suspended for eight games, and in three, the three of the games that I've been out of the three of the eight games that I've been suspended for, the third string power forward is averaging 15 and 10, which means when I come back, more often than not, I'm still going to be sitting on the bench because I wanted to knock the guy who I thought was going to be the number one starting power forward on the team out. And I was like, hey, I'm going to take that spot now. And the management was like, nah, bro, you're going to have to sit out eight games. We're going to let the little young fella take his turn and, you know, kind of get it together, you know, let him see what he can do. And he's out there balling. Now, when I come back, I'm still going to be sitting on the bench. I'm probably not going to get no playing time. They're probably going to give me some DMP CDs. Did not play coach's decision. And then they're probably going to trade me. And they're probably going to trade me somewhere where I'm really not going to get no playing time. Maybe they'll trade me, like, to Phoenix or something. And then maybe I can prove my worth there. But Phoenix sucks so bad. I mean, <laughs> why me? This is what I would be saying if I'm Bobby Portis right now. <laughs> but shout out to uh, Mark and I, man. He's out there. He's doing his thing, man. Very, very impressive. Very, very impressive. And last, and but certainly not least, since we're talking about rookies, we got to talk about the two-year rookie out of the <laughs> out of the Philadelphia 76ers camp, and that is the one and only Ben Benjamin Simmons. Um, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons is the truth, man. I ain't even gonna, I ain't even gonna 50 Tyson, y'all, man. 50, <laughs> I ain't gonna 50 Tyson, y'all. Um, Ben Simmons is nice. Ben Simmons put up a triple double, uh, last night. Well, I keep saying last night. He put up a triple double Monday night against the Pistons. And I feel so angry because I was supposed to, I was supposed to go to that game. Because I wanted to see Embiid and Ben Simmons play. Ben Simmons killed it and Embiid killed it. And I feel some type of way because I was supposed to be at that game and I didn't go. Oh, I'm so angry. But 
Ben Simmons has had a double-double in every game that he's played in so far. Now, he's only played in three games. Well, no, four games. But he's had a double-double in every game that he's played in. He's the he's the first rookie. He was the first rookie since 96-97 to actually accomplish a double-double in every the first three games that he's played, with, uh, with Damon Stoudemire being the first. And for him to pull off this triple-double, man, I said... Last the last show I said Ben Simmons is probably gonna be the next LeBron James because he has he 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 he's giftedly giftedly yes that's 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 a thing this episode he's giftedly built at 6'10 to 6'10 something I think he was as as heavy as 250 at one point that's why he broke his freaking leg because he put all that weight on <laughs> he put all that weight on and um wasn't supposed to put all that weight. 6'10", 230. He's 6'10", 230 with his ability to pass the ball and his vision and rebounding and, 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 and his shot ain't there yet, but I mean, over time, it's going to get there. I mean, he's in the NBA, so I mean, any weakness in his game, I'm pretty sure he's going to work on it. This isn't the Kwame Brown situation, right? But um, Ben Simmons is the truth, man. And Philly, Philly looking nice. I mean, yes. Yes, they lost their first three games. Yes, they beat my hometown Pistons. Um, yes, they lost their first three games. But they're the truth, man. Philly, Philly's going Philly's gonna to cause a lot of problems. And this is without Markel folks really playing the, to the ability that Philly can play. Now, apparently, he has a shoulder issue that's kind of keeping him from um, playing the way that you know, he's supposed to be playing right now, he's struggling really, really bad, he's shooting 50% from the free throw line, which is, if you're not Rajon Rondo, or Tony Allen, um, 50% as a guard is, or Andre Robeson, Mr. Airball, two free throws, that's, that's not really, really good, (laughs) it's not really, really good, but, um, he, um, apparently, Markel Foles got his, uh, his shoulder drained, um, and they're trying to see if he's gonna miss any games. Um, you can kind of, I can kind of tell from the games that I watched of Philly, Markel folks, he didn't really look like, you know, he doesn't look like he's healthy right now. He looks like he's kind of going through something. Um, and you can, like I said, you can, you can tell, and by the way he's playing, he's he's struggling really, really bad. He's he's struggling like really bad. Um. But Ben Simmons is out there looking like the truth, man. And um, my rookie, I think Ben Simmons was my rookie of the year. I think he was my rookie of the year. He's making me look very, very good right now because he's out there. And it's crazy because you would you would say, well, he, rookies don't toy with the vets. But Ben Simmons is out there toying with them vets. I mean, yes, this is technically his second year, but this is his first year actually playing. If you don't play... No games in your first year. If you're not suited, if you're not active, yeah, you're technically a rookie because you didn't play. Like when Julius Randle, unfortunately, when Julius Randle got injured his first game, four minutes in, he was classified. That was his. That was classified. That was his first year in the NBA. <laughs> so, hey, I don't make the rules. I just, I just go off what I hear and what everybody else says. So Ben Simmons out there doing his thing, man. Oh. Let me not forget about De'Aaron Fox, because De'Aaron Fox is out there doing doing the dang thing too, man. 
And so far this season, he's averaging 15, 5, and 5. And he's coming off the bench. Uh, put up 13, 19, 5, and 4 in their last game of, against Phoenix in which they lost. So apparently Sacramento is still the dumpster. No, no, I take that back. They're not the dumpster fire doo-doo juice of the NBA. They're more like the... Um, they're more like the... Whopper take three bites of throw on the ground of the NBA right now. So, yeah. But De'Aaron Fox was a very nice pick for them, and he's he looking like he gonna be um he um he gonna be something nice. He's averaging 15, five and five, playing 27 minutes, and he's not even starting. That's crazy. So, man, De'Aaron Fox, man, he uh he looking like he gonna be something some some nice. Now, the rookies, the rookies overall are looking very, very good. Um, the rookie from Memphis, he he looks very, very nice. Um, the only rookie I can really say is kind of struggling right now is Fultz. Fultz is he's struggling right now. Josh Jackson, he's doing okay. Um, he was initially in the starting lineup, but they have taken him out um, of the starting lineup, and he's still averaging twelve and two. Up and two, that's crazy. But um, the rookies, the rookies this um of the draft this year are looking really, really nice. Um, and it's 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 a it's a refreshing thing to see because for a lot of these teams, a lot of these guys have to be um have to be have to be good. They have to be good. Um, another rookie that's impressive, that's that's looking very impressive right now is John Collins, who a lot of people consider to be one of the steals of the draft uh, from Milwaukee. Not, not Milwaukee, I'm sorry, Atlanta. He's averaging 11 and 8 right now. So, shout out to the rookies, man. I mean, they're they're coming in ready. They're coming in ready. Um, the coaches are giving these rookies the opportunity to play and play legitimate minutes because they know their teams aren't going anywhere. And in Boston's case, they need Tatum to play well because they just need him to play well. Um, so I'm very, very, I'm very, very impressed with the rookie class this year. I think this could be one of the better rookie classes that we've seen in a while, man. So shout out to the rookies out there. Now. Let's get into teams that are looking very, very impressive at this moment of the season. Um, it, it's some, it's some teams, man. A lot of good, just a lot of good teams out there right now that are looking very, very impressive at this very moment. Um, first off, let me start off with um, first off, let me start off with Orlando, man. Orlando is looking very nice. They won again tonight, so that makes their record currently they're three and one. Now, four games into the season, you pretty I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have thought Orlando wouldn't be three and one. You probably would have thought they may be one and three or oh and four. But Vucevic, I think I said it right. Vucevic. He's looking at, he's looking nice. He is looking uh he's looking nice. Um the, the boy put up 44 points. No, it was 41 points. I'm sorry. He put up 41 points against uh against Brooklyn before on the 20th of October. He put up 41 and 12. And then tonight he only had 12 and 9. But he's looking, he's looking like a guy. A lot of people have been kind of um 
hardwood him, mainly because they say he doesn't play defense and you know he, he kind of sticks around. He doesn't really get in the paint. He kind of sticks around the three point line. It, it's in today's NBA game. I mean, he sounds like he could be a perfect. He's a perfect uh forward center right now. Um. So I didn't really understand the uh the <laughs> what the issue was. But hey, you know, it is what it is. Um Alfred Payton's not making me look so good right now. I felt like he could be a candidate for most improved player. He's playing kind of trash. He didn't play in the last two games, but Orlando's team, man, it's just it's it's imbalanced, but it's working for them. And that's that's the that's the crazy thing about the whole situation. Like Evan Fournier is, is starting to come into his own. He's averaging 19-4-4 and right now. He just put up 20, 28 points against Brooklyn, 28-6-4. And, and then you have guys like Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Um, Aaron Gordon just put up a 41 ball and 14 rebounds against Brooklyn. Like, come on, man. Like, this is... That their young guys are look like their young guys are starting to step up and 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 be consistent and play meaningful roles on the team. Hazonia um, is looking like a bust. Um, only played seven minutes uh, against Brooklyn last night. Didn't score. Had one assist. So he's looking he's looking like a bust, which is unfortunate. Um, Bismack Diambo is giving them good defense. Um, so. I mean, you would look at Orlando's team, and it's not a team that you would say, oh, my God, these are, like, they have some of the best players in the league right now. But overall, their team are, is playing like a team. They get Jonathan Simmons. They got Aaron Aflalo. So they have they have guys who've been there in veteran leadership on the team. And you can, you can start to see where that veteran leadership is starting to mold itself with the young talent. And it's, it's starting to translate for them. Now, can they keep this up for the rest of the year? Mm, who knows? Who knows? I mean, in the Eastern Conference, anything is possible, man. Chicago could be the number three seed in the East if they get it together. Um, but who knows? It remains to be seen. Uh, do I think they can keep it together? I guess, maybe, kind of, sort of, probably, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but, um... For them right now, for them to be three and one, I'm very, very impressed with Orlando, man. So shout out to them boys. Another team that I'm very, very impressed with is the Utah Jazz. And let me tell y'all why I like Utah right now, even though they're getting the smack it down laid on them by the Clippers. Oh Lord, what? <laughs> Look, I, I, I get ready to speak highly on the Jazz, and they lose by 18 to the Clippers. But I'm gonna still speak highly on the Jazz because you know what? A lot of people didn't expect. I don't even speak. I don't even think that a lot of team expected the uh, Jazz to really be um, decent. They they look kind of nice. Now let me tell you what I like about Utah. Utah runs an offense where they're gonna they're they're slow. They're they're probably the most they're probably the second most boring team in the NBA besides the Grizzlies. They run this slow, methodical offense with all these passes and picks and picks and other screens and post ups and just they they're the team there. They're gonna get as very limited, very limited possessions 
as they possibly can. They're going to run the shot clock down as much as they can before they put up a shot. But on the defensive end, they're going to get into you and they're going to make you force your shots and make you have to play, you know, have to really work hard for your offense for you to be able to do anything um, effectively. So they play a slow, methodical, boring kind of basketball, but it's worked for them. They beat Oklahoma City in the big three, which I'm very disappointed in, in Oklahoma City right now. Very disappointed. Um, but then they lost. They lose to the Clippers. <laughs> they lose to the Clippers, and I'm I'm very very disappointed in the Jazz for losing to the Clippers because I I just am. But that leads me to my third team that I'm very very impressed with, which is the Clippers. The Clippers. The Clippers are looking very very nice. Hold on. Hold on a second. Okay. The Clippers are looking very very impressive. Now. Patrick Beverly is playing the season of his life right now. I think that's I think that's what he needed. I think he needed Alonzo Ball to wake him up to make him feel like he could be one of the better point guards in the league. Because he's playing. He's out there playing. 19, 5 assists, 3 rebounds in 42 minutes uh, tonight. Or last night. However you want to put it. But the, the story of this team is Blake Griffin who's continuing to play very very steady right now averaging 29 and 10 he put up 22 points nine rebounds and six assists um against the jazz and he dunked all over rudy gobert oh it's, it it just looks so nasty Ugh. oh no oh no come on rudy okay jeez oh, mm, that's wild I feel I feel bad for Rudy Gobert, but hey, when you a shot blocker, man, you are prone to being dunked on. So, hey, I'm pretty sure this wouldn't be the first time he's been dunked on. So, uh, but yeah, the Clippers are looking nice. Um, even without the without a very stellar guard play, Blake Griffin is really elevating his game, and he looks like he on, he wants to be an MVP candidate. So, uh, shout out to the Clippers, man. Shout out to the Clippers. They are currently two and zero on this um young season. Looking very nice. I'm sorry, three and on the young season. So they're looking very nice. Shout out to the Clippers, man. Shout out to the Clippers. Shout out to my Jazz, even though they just lost. And I'm gonna tell y'all what. Joe Ingles is probably my favorite player in the league right now. Joe Ingles, he fits that Utah team so well. He's slow and everything. Everything Joe Ingles do is slow. Like he he comes off pick slow. He dribbles the ball slow. He, he shoots slow. Like, he runs up the court slow. Everything about him is slow. He's probably the second slowest player in the NBA besides Kyle Anderson. And Kyle Anderson is very, very... You know, let's not even say slow. Let's just say methodical. They're very methodical in the, in the things that they do. So, Joe Ingles put this uh, nasty crossover. I can't think of who it was. It was in the OKC uh, game. He put this nasty crossover. I think it was on Terrence uh, Ferguson. He put this nasty crossover on Terrence Ferguson, man, and he dropped him. Like he he made he made him fall. Um, <laughs> it was it was uh it was it was pretty bad. But uh, Joe Ingles, man, he he like I said, he's methodical. He's very 
he's very methodical. Like he, you could tell he does. He he's very fundamental with the way that he plays. Now he didn't have a good game this game. He only had he only had three points, two rebounds, and an assist, and only played in eighteen minutes. Um, so he ain't really have a he ain't really have a good game this game. But overall, Joe Ingles, man. He might be my new favorite player. I don't know why, but you know, I just like when I when I watch when I watch the Jazz play, when I see him playing, it's just like, dog, dude, it's so slow. But he be getting like he, his shot. He got a nice shot. You know, his ability to get to the rim is nice. Um, very very good playmaker. So when I look at that, I'm like, dang man, like he's so slow, but these cats still can't stop him. So. I like Joe Ingles, man. I like that Utah team, man. A lot of people sleeping on the Jazz, but I think the Jazz. I think I don't think they're gonna do damage, damage in the playoffs. But I definitely think that they're, they're they're definitely gonna make the playoffs. Um, another team that has impressed me so far is the Portland Trailblazers. Um, first of all, let me talk about how impressive I am, how impressed I am with Portland right now. First game of the year, they go out to Phoenix. They play the Suns. And, you know, if the first game of the year, everything is just perfect. Everything is perfect. Everybody is so optimistic. Um, the stadium is looking good. There's no trash on the floor. You can't see the cellulite uh, marks on the cheerleaders. They're looking good. You know, you can't see the track, the little the, the, the glue from the weave in their hair. Like, everything just looks so great. Everything is looking optimistic you know the the nacho cheese is warm you know they actually put jalapenos on your uh, on your nachos instead of pickles um the hot dog buns are very very soft and chewy they use the hawaiian they use the hawaiian hot dog buns so it got that little sweet tangy flavor when you bite into it everything just looks good the ketchup is nice you know they're not giving you the old the old mustard with the little where the mustard it builds up and it has a little that little crust at the top of it. None of that. Everything looks so good. And then Phoenix goes out and they score 78 points <laughs> in their first game and lets Portland score 126 points on them. And you just you just kill the whole mood of the season. Now now the, the Chili's about to give themselves away. You know they they you know they, they they don't care about the condiments no more. They, it, it's just about to be all bad. It's about to be all bad. But the most impressive thing besides the fact that they won by the game about 48 freaking points, which is just ridiculous. Um, they did it without CJ McCollum. And as we know, CJ McCollum is the second best player on that team. But when you look at this team, Damian Lillard has really stepped up, currently averaging 23-5-5 at this particular moment in the season. He put up he only put up 13 points tonight, but they still won by 10. McCullum has come back. Um, he put up 23, and he's averaging 27 right now in this young season. Um, and, and when I looked at Portland's team, I looked at their team, and it's, um, I don't know. Like their team is built for playoff runs, but in the Western Conference, you're not you're not going to go far with the team that they what they have constructed, which means that you have to either continue to be the team that is going to be knocked out in the first round, or do you just say, hey, let's start over and let's let's try to rebuild this accordingly. And apparently, they're they're going for it right now. They're three and one. 
um, Nusev Nurkic, which was the uh, acquisition that they made last year with the Nuggets for uh, Miles Plumlee. He's come in, and he's been a very, very effective player for them, averaging 13. Uh, Mo Harkless. So, I mean, this team is, I mean, it's not something to write home to in terms of, oh, they have some of the best talent in the league right now. But I think overall, man, Portland is really doing some things right now that you should really, really, really be impressed with. So, we got the Clippers. We got the Jazz. We got Portland. We talked about Orlando as a team that has surprised us. And last but not least, hmm, who's another team that, that's, that's surprised? I think we're going to have to go with another Western Conference team. We're going to have to go with, uh, have to go with Memphis. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to go with Memphis, man. Memphis. Memphis is looking... Now, Memphis is a team that when you looked at them, you wondered, it's like, man, you know, could this team be something... You know, could they be? Could they really be something? And right now, they're proven to be something. <laughs> they're actually proven to be something. They're currently two and zero. Um, they beat Golden State by ten. Um, Golden State is really, really struggling right now. I mean, they they beat the uh, what did they beat? They beat Dallas. They beat Dallas Monday night, but Golden State is really, really struggling. And I'm sorry, Memphis is three and zero, not two and zero. But they're three and zero. They beat Houston. And when you look at this team, man, it's just it's Mike Conley and Mark Gasol. But yet, still they're three and zero. James Ennis is coming in. He's playing. He's doing playing well. Mario Chalmers looks like he's going to have a resurgent year. Chandler Parsons is actually playing, so he's actually giving them contribution on. A contribution in terms of minutes. So, yeah, he makes a lot of money to to only to to only play 16 minutes. But the fact that he's on the floor and actually able to give them something, you have to be proud of that. Um, you look at this team and you say, how are they three and all right now? You 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 can't understand it. But this is why I say. This is why when people, when we, when this is why I can't really have like civilized conversations in terms of basketball because when I, when I, when I mention teams, they always say, oh, well, they don't have nobody. Who they got? Who they got? Like, okay, you can have all the talent in the world and, and, and still suck. You know what I'm saying? If you're coached well, your coaching, your coaching is going to put you, the, the way your coach is going to put you in situations on the court to where maybe you don't have the best talent in the world, but because you were coached well and you were coached to to, to do your job and your assignment, you're gonna win games. And that's just what that's just the reality of what basketball is. Yes, it's good to have talented players who can who can single handedly win you games. Yes, it, it is great to have a LeBron on your team. It's great to have a KD, a Steph. It's great to have a, a Damian. You know, it's great to have all them players. But if you're not if you're not coached well to 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 handle certain situations, I mean, you can have all the talent in the world and you can still suck. I mean, you need a if you need a perfect example, the Knicks. Think of the team that the Knicks had at one point in time when they had they had Eddie Curry, they had Steve Francis. They had Stefan Marbury. They had Quentin Richardson. You see what I'm going with this? They had Zebo, David Lee. They had all these players, but they still suck. So, 
maybe having all the talent isn't the, the, the best thing. Maybe it's just the way that it maybe is what the coaches are able to get out of the players that they have. And apparently from early on in this season, um, Fizdale, the coach of Memphis, is getting a lot out of his players because they're three and one. Um, Frank Vogel is getting a lot out of his Magic team because they're three and one. Terry Stotts is getting a lot out of Portland because they're three and one. Quinn Snyder has the Jazz at two and two, and Doc Rivers has the Clippers at three and zero. So these are teams that are that are very very impressive right now that I'm very very impressed with. Now teams that disappoint me. <sighs> Hold on, I'm sorry. Because as I talk about this team, I've t- had so much faith in the Phoenix Suns. They have let they're letting me down. Now <laughs> Oh my goodness. Now let me let me just say this. The the same argument that I just had that I just talked about when I talked about how teams a lot of the teams that they're surprising teams that are doing really really good this early in the season and there's teams that you will look at and you will say they don't have anybody in terms of superstar talent but the fact that they have really good coaches and their coaches are able to put them in situations he's able to coach the guys that he has on his team up enough to where they can go out and compete every night to the point where they actually can win games and you're seeing it early on in the season. Now, this Phoenix team has talent. And I don't care what nobody says. Like Phoenix has Phoenix has very capable talent. This is before Eric Bledsoe pretty much it pretty much he's he's played his last game in Phoenix. He's going to be traded. But let's not even talk about the fact that he said he didn't want to be there. Let's just talk about the beginning of the year, as I said, everybody's everybody's so optimistic. Everything looks so great. The stadium, the, the stadium lights look beautiful. They you, you see them from 40 miles out. Everything looks so great. Everybody at the, the at the front door, they're so happy. They're welcome. Hey, welcome to the stadium. And everything is good. You know, they use fresh grease when they cook the chicken wings. Everything is optimistic until they get beat by 48 points. Now. That's their first game. They got destroyed by 48 points, the worst opening season loss in NBA history, right? Then they let Lonzo Ball, a little rookie, go off for 29-9-11. They lose that game by two, 132-130. Then they go play the Clippers, and they lose that game, 130-88. And now you're starting to realize how trash of a coach Earl Watson is and as I stated in a episode I stated I said that Phoenix has all of the talent in the world I'm not 100% sure about the coach that is coaching the team because he has no coaching experience and he wasn't that great of a player when he was in the league i said that yes maybe he is a maybe he is a a, a player's coach but you see what that player's coaches got them they they got them when they're not on three no more they're one and three they beat sacramento and they almost lost that game 
while being up. Um, so, Phoenix, y'all making me look bad because I have I put so much faith into y'all as a as an organization, and y'all are making me look bad, like really bad. I'm gonna need y'all to get it together. Y'all got it together by firing Earl Watson. Good job. Not that anybody losing a job is a, is a good thing, but Earl Watson wasn't ready for prime time. Jay Triano is a decent coach. He should be able to get Phoenix through the rest of the year. Now, they're not going to make the playoffs, obviously. Matter of fact, I don't even think I had them making the playoffs this year. Now, I did say that they were going to be a team that could compete and be on the be at a top seed or a top team in the NBA in a few years down in a few years down the line. And I still feel that way. Now they're gonna trade Eric Bledsoe and and unfortunately with him saying that he didn't want to be there with the whole hair salon excuse. Come on, come on, Bledsoe, man. We're 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 not though. Um he just he he ruined the clip uh, he ruined the Suns in the in the sense of Phoenix not now not being able to get a lot of compensation for him. It's kind of going to be like a Paul George situation where he said he didn't want to be there and you know you have to trade him but you're not going to be you're not going to really be able to get a lot for him. And kind of like with Melo. Um the Knicks got some pieces but I mean it's not nearly enough to where I think a lot of people will say that the Knicks got a, the fair end of the stick in the Melo deal. So, with Phoenix, um, you got to trade him. You got to trade him immediately. Now, there's teams like Milwaukee and New York, and they're saying trade him to Cleveland. I mean, I don't know where a good fit for Eric Bledsoe would be. I don't know. I don't know where a good fit with for Eric Bledsoe would be. Maybe somewhere like Orlando. Because I'm not liking Alfred Prayton right now. I don't like him. He, he making me feel some type of way. He not he not performing, but he hasn't played in the last two games. But even the games that he's played, he's he struggled. Maybe if Orlando could trade for Eric Bledsoe, they already three and one. He kind of fits the mold of, of of what of of what Frank Vogel was looking for in terms of playing defense. And he's a above average playmaker. He's a above average scorer. So, I think he could go down to Orlando with that team with the Fournier and the Vucevic and the Gordon and the, um, and the, and the Jonathan Isaac. Um, and, and he could be effective. So, if I'm Orlando, I'm calling Phoenix and I'm saying, hey, we want Eric, Go we want Eric Blesso. We feel like we can make, we can make some noise in the, um, in the Eastern Conference this year. We need a, we need a, a lead guard to make that happen. But, um, this team, man, I just, I don't get it. Like Devin Booker is, is 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 nice. Josh Jackson is nice. Marquise Chris is nice. Um Dragon Bane Bender, he cool. Um Mike James, uh, uh another rookie, another rookie who's playing out of his out of his mind, um, is nice. So they have pieces, Tyler Eulis. Um I mean they got Tyson Chandler and Jared, Jared Dudley and, and Brandon Knight. Brandon Knight hurt, so he's not gonna play none this year anyway. So, but I mean, this team, this team has talent. They have talent to to do something, and I really think that Phoenix failure so far this year has really been contingent on Earl, on Earl Watson because there's no way that they should be. I mean, okay, 
maybe they should be one and three, but there's no way that they should be giving up 128 points, 130 points, 132 points, and then you seen when they played uh when they played uh, Sacramento, they only gave up. Oh, how many points did they give up? They only gave up 115 <laughs> points. <laughs> they only gave up 115 points, which is the season low so far. Ain't that crazy? 115 points is the season low for the for the Phoenix Suns right now. That goes to show you how horrible they're looking. Now, now, granted, yes, they're they're gonna be a running team, and maybe defense is gonna be thought of maybe it's not a point of emphasis but 115 points being your season low so far is very despicable so phoenix is letting me down man and i'm very disappointed in phoenix because they're making me feel so bad. another team that's letting me down so far the knicks um honestly i didn't expect the knicks to really to really do nothing i, I really didn't i didn't expect them to do anything um but this team it it, it just look it looks so bad it looks so bad. Um, I, I I like what they, um, you know what? And I'm not even gonna say that. I don't like. I think Kristaps. I think Kristaps is a nice player. Don't get me wrong. He's gonna have to really develop. I mean, he's he's, he's developing now, but I just don't like. He's averaging 32 and eight right now. But he's the only option on the team. But his last two games. He put up 33 points. He put up 33 against the Pistons. He put up 12 points against Boston. Five rebounds in both games. I'm not impressed with that. Especially if you're seven foot three with an eight foot wingspan and you're only averaging seven in his career. He's only averaging seven rebounds. He's only averaging eight rebounds. He's averaging eight rebounds in the season, but his last two games, he's only averaged five rebounds and you're seven three. How is that possible? I said I've, I've said if he doesn't work on his rebounding and, and and being a better rim protector because when you're seven three I mean you, you you're automatically assumed as being a rim protector. If he doesn't work on that, he's gonna be Andrea Bariani. He's gonna be Bariani. Bariani was a guy who put up buckets but couldn't do nothing else. He's gonna be that guy. And. From the previous experience that New York had with Bargnani, I don't think they want Porzingis to be anything um, compared to Andrea Bargnani. But this team is just bad, man. <laughs> They're bad. This team is just horrible. Like, just horrible. Wow. wow. <laughs> they suck really bad. I don't even know why I'm disappointed. I guess I'm disappointed because they get all these primetime nationally televised games and they suck. So it's like when you when you watch them, you realize how bad they are. I think that's why I'm disappointed. Um, my next team. Well, my next two teams. They they actually been doing well. Uh, Philly Philly just won last night, but I'm still disappointed in Philly. I'm still disappointed in Philly. Um, they got. The smack of down laid on about Toronto about 34 points, 128-94. That game was ugly. Um, I'm just, I think maybe maybe I'm putting too much on Philly because when I look at their their talent, their talent screams to me that they should be um, three and one. 
not one and three. So maybe that's what it is, but maybe, maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm too high on Philly right now. I think that's probably what it is. So we'll, we'll put a to be, uh, to be continued on Philly. Boston, they're, 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 they're stepping into the, they're st- kind of stepping into it a little more. They've won two straight. Um, they won a couple games in a row. So, and they're currently two and two. So, um, Maybe they're starting to kind of, like I said, they have to kind of find that true identity, get that chemistry to work a little more, and then they'll be able to uh, to, to put together some wins. Now, granted, they did play the Knicks in the game. Before that, they played Philly, but they look, they look, they look, they looking like they're, they're going to come into that. Last but not least, is another team that disappointed me: New Orleans. Look, New Orleans disappointed me. I don't care what nobody said. Um, they had a double-digit lead on the Lakers. They let the Lakers come back and at one point lead the game by five points. Eventually to pull the game out um, to get their first win of the year. When I look at this team... It's obvious that they're not going to be able to get enough perimeter shooting to be competitive. Anthony Davis just got hurt, so now you're going to have to put yeah the the the, the strength of your team on Cousins, who when he was with Sacramento, yeah he had good games and he led the team to a lot of to, to some wins, but he he's, he's he's mentally unstable to be the leader, to be the number one guy. And maybe with when Davis, maybe the Davis injury isn't that bad. But if Cousins, if you're gonna have to lean on Cousins to be your number one guy to be your leader, it's it's not gonna look good. It's not gonna look good. Um, for when I look at this team, it's obvious that maybe Alvin Gentry isn't cut out to be a coach, a head coach in this league. And maybe they should go about making a change. I'm going to predict that Alvin Gentry is going to be the second coach fired in the NBA. I'll put two dollars on it. Since <laughs> since it's going to be the second coach, I'll put I'll put two dollars that Alvin Gentry is going to be the next coach fired in the NBA. So, yeah. <laughs> and um. I think I'm done. I was gonna do players that impressed and players that disappointed, but I ain't, I ain't about to do all that. I'll probably do that next episode. Maybe once I get a week, a week, another week under my belt of watching basketball to kind of see who's doing what and, and all that other good stuff, and I'll be able to put that list together. But I just wanted to do an opening week to kind of let y'all know the things that I seen. Um, teams that I've been impressed with, teams that are disappointing me, and you know different little nuggets that I picked up within the season so far. Because um, this season, this season is already interesting, and we, we we're not even in November yet. So think about that. Um, and yeah, and I've been talking way too long. We are on an hour and going on an hour and twenty four minutes, man. So you know it's time for me to go. I ain't get way too much talking. No. I don't even like doing this much talking when I'm out in public. <laughs> so, <laughs> let me get out of here, man. I'm, I need to go. I don't know what got me. I got the talking and couldn't shut up. I need to put a timer or something in here, man. That's crazy, man. But, uh, 
This has been episode number 24, the Mamba episode of Got Him Coach. I am your host, Tyrone Smith, and as it is traditional for me to do before I leave, I shall partake in a sip. Sweet. <laughs> and I'm out of here. I will holler at y'all next episode. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at GEC325. And check out our website at www.gec325.com. Tune in next week for another episode of Got Em Coach. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.